Yes, hi everyone, Dave Rubenstein here. With me today is Lance Knight. He's the president and COO of Connect All, which is a company that offers a value stream management <laughs> platform. Um, he's giggling now because the first take I got it wrong, but now uh, <laughs> now we have it uh, we have it right. Uh, Lance, thanks for being with us. Always good to talk to you. Oh, it's always my pleasure, Dave. Yeah. Always my pleasure. So one of the things that uh, we wanted to talk about today was uh, based off an article we had written a while back about uh, what value stream management means to developers and and why developers should or should not necessarily care about it. So uh, maybe you can kind of set the table on that kind of a talk and and give us your thoughts. Yeah. So you know, value stream management is a very interesting thing, and there's a lot to it. And people kind of have it confused a little bit about what it is, right? So you know, the terminology is all over the place. Um, and I and we at Connect All tend to just go back to you know, some of the purest thoughts of it. So you know, when you think about the value stream, is simply put. All the tasks and activities, both value-added and non-value-added, in order to take raw materials to the waiting arms of the customer. So when you start to think that, think about that, and you start to think about the role of the developer and what they do, their work is, there's a lot of value-added work in what they do, and there's a lot of non-value-added work. So... When you start to really decouple that, you start to realize the goal of a value stream management initiative and organizing around value streams is to remove all of the non-value-added work that developers find themselves doing, like copying tickets from one system to another or submitting code and then running a build or there's you know, so many things that they do that you know are non-value-added. Some are non-value-added and necessary. But from a developer's perspective, all they should know is there's somebody out there looking at what they're doing and trying to figure out how they could be focused mostly on value-added activities. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be talking about value stream in your sprints or you know in your daily stand-ups or any of that. It's right. not really that kind of thing. So when you mm-hmm. look at developers, you know they got to put a ticket in service now to request a system uh, so they can start coding. Well, all of that is non-value added. So how do we automate it? And the developer should be not really worried about that. They should be about doing the value added work. So when you think about it, the truth is they shouldn't even be worried about, they shouldn't be thinking about it. They should just know that it's going on mm-hmm. so that they can be more effective to deliver right. good code to their customers. Mm-hmm. So when somebody else is is watching the value stream and seeing places of bottleneck, like for instance, submitting a ticket to IT to get a staging environment rolled up or a test environment or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that would be non-value added, obviously, waiting mm-hmm. waiting for that to, for that mm-hmm. to happen. But they're the people who we're putting everything on them to do everything. We want them to test. We want them to do security. We want them to provide value. We want them to write the code that's delivering the value that they're giving to their customers. So it seems kind of weird to say, well, they don't really have anything to do with it. So when when somebody's looking at a development process and sees these bottlenecks and log jams, who's the person or or what part of the organization is then coming back to them and saying, hey, look, if you you know automate this or eliminate this step, you know, you can get things done more quickly. Whose job is that? 
Well, I mean, so I'm thinking about my Toyota days where, you know, when, when I didn't, let me rephrase that. My days when I was studying more of the Toyota production mm-hmm. system stuff, I didn't work for a Toyota. I owned a Toyota once. I, I did too, a few. Oh. Um, <clears throat> so, but the, um, when you think about it, the goal of the uh, leaders in the Toyota way um, is to enable people to come up with recommendations on how they can be more efficient in a cell and, and all of those things. And you bring those people into Kaizen's. So developers might be involved in that, but mostly it's going to be leadership. And there's actually a Japanese word for this, creating um, creating a way to be more efficient and looking at it with them in order to you know improve efficiencies. Mm-hmm. So do they worry about it day-to-day? No. But normally I would say that that type of analyzation and understanding through metrics, because they can help you tell you what's going on, mm-hmm. um, falls on the development leaders that sometimes falls on to operations to create these automations uh, and capture data. So they know how things are going. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, you know, the operations people, it's going to be the software development leaders, the test leaders trying to figure out how to make developers do mostly the value added thing, which is writing good code. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, what about organizations that are trying to be agile and scale agile throughout the organization? It seems to me that Value Stream would be a very good tool to look at those processes as well to be able to, you know, find uh, areas of waste and, and eliminate them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Value Stream management again is an interesting topic, but you know, a lot of organizations today are trying to or have already tried to and not got the value out of it. Now, if you start from a top-down approach and you look at how you're developing stuff, you map out your value stream, you look at your different pieces of the organization, who's doing what, then you make decisions based upon how to make that team more efficient. That team may do may do Scrum, may mm-hmm. do Sprint, may they may implement some piece of safe. Um, but then another team might need to work in Kanban. You know, at Connect All, we, did, we just went through this exercise and... We created two teams against what we do. One works in sprints and delivers against that cadence. Mm-hmm. And the other one works works off a Kanban so that we can respond quicker to customers' needs uh, if we need to uh, as well. So you, know, you use the right tool as you're analyzing to get the right result with your teams. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing value stream, you're not thinking about it from value streams, um, then you're just everybody's going to do sprint or scrum, and you're not you're not being purpose built. You're just executing. So, a lot of a lot of um, companies, I think, are struggling with: Am I getting value out of this agile thing? Um, and I know we've all heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, and unless you look at it, remove waste, and understand how they're delivering code, and and how to set things up. They never know, and they still have an unpredictable system, even after doing an agile transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and they were just talking about the overwhelming complexity now that's involved in in getting applications out the door. That developers are actually spending less time writing unique code. Uh, then they are assembling pieces uh, either through the third-party components or open source or what have you, mm-hmm. uh, and doing more kind of application assembly than actually sitting down and writing 
a ton of code. So is there any way to look at those systems and see you know, where there may be hangups or waste, uh, wasted time and things like that when, when developers are, are now relying on outside um, yeah. forces to you know, help them get their job done? Well, that's very true what you just said. I've seen that where developers are more integrators now than they are anything else. They're integrating systems. And then with the, with the uh, you know, this whole concept around microservices and, and doing all that, it's making it much, much more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so it's interesting because from a value stream management perspective, what would help there would be understanding whether they'd be more efficient in either writing it themselves or getting a, a piece of code to do it with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I just recently wrote something and I took two pieces of code and put them together and integrated and got it done in no time. So I don't know if there's there's so much there for value stream because that's just managing the output. And so I think about the, the real Kanban with the inventory just in time and and so on. And then there's there's this interesting thing, and I'll tell you a story because it's an Andrew story, and you know how much I like my friend Andrew Fuqua, mm-hmm. uh, our head of uh, engineering uh, at ConnectAll. We uh, we were looking at a platform in order to you know do our analytics. It's like you're talking about, and he was mm-hmm. like, "Well, we'll do a spike. We'll do this. We'll look at ten of them. And we'll over-engineer this." And I'm like, "No, let's pick one. Don't care if it doesn't work. We'll pick another." Right. Until we have success, right? And then the second one, we had success uh, for the the graphics platform we use. So sometimes I think even these agile processes, because you're talking about how complicated they can be, um, get in the way. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really interesting how software development and delivery has become this really complicated thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my first program I wrote on a Commodore 64, it wasn't that complicated. Right. <laughs> right. But I mean, even even going back to like RUP, you know, and things like that, oh, yeah. developers today are saying that too much process is really inhibiting innovation. That is so true, right? So I it's a known secret that I do coding here at ConnectAll. <laughs> now I'm the president, so I just do what I want. There's right. no I don't ask for requirements. I'm not going back and forth, and my velocity is really high mm-hmm. because I'm just coding. I'm not I don't have all these things. Now for our customers know that they triple check my code and, and, mm-hmm. and double security scan it before it goes into the product. But um, I just code it. And um, I, all of the bureaucracy uh, when I'm doing that is, is out of my way, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't code that like that. Well, I did already, right? So, right. you know, I have a certain high level of autonomy when I want to do that stuff. That's right. So, but I got a side joke, right? RUP, rational process or something like that. Rational unified process. Yeah. Rational unified process. Uh, Dave West. Anyway, um, <laughs> he was part of that. I actually yeah. used to own a RUP motorcycle. Wow. Is that and a brand? Yeah, brand. It's called, it was a RUP. It was a brand. It was, you know, um, as a kid, I had a RUP 80cc motorcycle. Wow. I don't know why that's. Probably useless knowledge for anybody who's listening. <laughs> well, what the heck, right? <laughs> well, I was going to tell you about my Toyota Corolla that I had that was yeah, crossed right, by yeah. a tree in a storm, but that uh, another story. Well, that's what happens in New York, right? You get yeah. into a storm and you end up in a tree. Because uh, I had a Toyota too. But 
So when you think about <clears throat> think about the autonomy trying to give developers and freeing up time so they can do that thing, right? So what I just said is I just coded, right? I, I didn't do user stories, didn't do all, I just did it. Right. Now we do need those things for developers. So they're building what the product teams want. You know, they can't have the same autonomy I do. Right. But if we remove the process, move the non-value-added activities from a developer of getting the requirements out of a do- out of one system, putting it into another system so they can work on them, um, right. stopping them from having to log into ServiceNow and Jira and probably whatever other tools, and let them get focused into their IDE and deliver all that. Right. And even with integration of things, you have to do some glue, right? Um, that's where I think value stream management really helps developers is to remove the non-value activities so that they can be, so they can focus on the value-added activities mm-hmm. uh, that they need to do. And sometimes that is testing and writing secure code, right? right. Um, I'm fond, I know people have heard me say testing is a non-value-added activity and it is, but writing good quality code is not. Right, right, right. Which is why we have all this movement to, you know, shift everything left because obviously yeah. it's cheaper to fix it when, as you're writing code, as opposed to waiting till it's deployed and you realize yeah. that your app is failing. Well, um, and lean rework is waste, mm-hmm. right? So defects and finding defects is waste because you have to rework that. So if I find a defect and it comes back, that's waste. So why don't we write the code right on the first side, on the front side? Why don't we do pair coding? Why don't we do peer reviews? Right. right. I love pair coding with somebody um, for, for a while. I do that summit here and you know, it's um, it's waste. Rework is waste. I mean, there's no other way to say it, right? Mm-hmm. It's waste in the customers, non value added to them. Mm-hmm. And it so costs what- money. And as we head into these other times, being more efficient is what we need to be. Mm-hmm. So when do you think or or how do we get to a point where we're striking a balance between, you know, giving developers the autonomy they need to work at the pace that they feel they need to, to be able to be creative and innovative uh, mm-hmm. versus, you know, the company freaking out because everybody's using their own tool set and, and there are, you know, 8 million tools now in the organization that nobody's managing and <laughs> licenses and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a, that, that sounds like a difficult balance. You mean that tooling explosion I always talk about? Yeah, that's there are right. All these tools all the time, everywhere. Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, you get all these tools out there, but they're all a lot of them are purpose built for a particular test of thing, right? Um, and there's all different scanning tools and all of that. And the challenge is connecting all those uh, and automating those the right way of your value stream. Right. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure. Getting on one tool stack is the solution. I think a connection of different tools is the solution, right? Absolutely. I mean, at one point, Cucumber does something Selenium doesn't, right? right. Um, there's scans, scanning solutions scan for different things. So it's kind of tough. Um, but one of the, actually in SaaS companies today, really interesting, not connect all, but a lot of SaaS companies, I call it SaaS bloat. And what that is, is, Wow. I don't know if you've heard of this before in the way I'm going to say this, but SaaS bloat is the architecture becomes all over the place because you don't have to be concerned with trying to install it somewhere. Right. 
right? So they just bring up a server and put something new and it's got a whole new tech stack. And I can tell you a bunch of companies that have this SaaS bloat problem, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we're, we've got no JS over here and we've, <laughs> we've got some uh, cold fusion. I used to do that over here. Cold fusion. A long time ago, right? Yeah. And, and all of these are running our apps for our different customers. Right. And that becomes unmanageable. And then, and then they have to go do the well. We got Oracle for this, and we've got uh, we've got a data stack with a data mart with a data lake with Microsoft for this, and, and it's all one app in the front end. It becomes untenable. So I call that SaaS bloat. Mate, did I just coin that? I think you did. I did. For uh, those of you listening in, that's uh, Lance Knight coining yep. a new phrase. That's my new phrase. Just like Agile, uh, just like Water Scrum Fall. I came up with that one too. Oh, that was you too. No, that was that was me and Dave West saying it. He mm. did it. I just said that so he'd know that yeah. I took credit for it. I've taken credit for the phrase "we the people," but uh, <laughs> it's not going well. Nobody's, well, nobody's you know, buying in. As as men of similar ages, you have the right to say that at your your. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, listen, Lance. Thanks so much for your time today. We're uh, right up against it, but uh, as always, a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, and folks, thanks for listening to the What the Dev podcast. Well, we appreciate your loyalty and listening in. And until next time, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times. So long for now.